Welcome to Real World Nutrition. This is episode 121, Fueling Your Fitness, The Power of Nutrition and Exercise. Hi everyone, welcome to the latest episode of the Real World Nutrition Podcast on Fueling Your Fitness. I am Shelly Rael, the host and founder of Real World Nutrition. And today I want to address fueling your fitness but also include some myths about exercise and nutrition and the power of nutrition when it comes to exercise. Now, many times in pursuing a healthier lifestyle, people tend to focus on exercise and don't always think about the fitness, or I should say the fueling of that fitness or the nutrition. So we focus on those activities that make us sweat, that make our muscles sore. We challenge our muscles to make them stronger. We challenge our heart and our lungs for endurance. And I talked about all of these things in last week's episode, episode 120, about physical activity and the fit principle and the various types of physical activity. But for various reasons, people often overlook nutrition as it works with our physical activity. So I want to address first some crucial aspects or common misconceptions that might hold you back from achieving your fitness goals when it comes to new, as, re, as, as it relates to nutrition rather, and address some of these myths that I often hear to set the record straight. Now, when I say I often hear some of these myths, I've mentioned this in past episodes. I do teach classes at my local community college, and the one class that I teach every single semester is an intro or a 100-level sports nutrition class. And so I am a part-time instructor. Sometimes I teach more classes than that, but this is where I get information from people from the public about some of these misconceptions about nutrition and exercise. So number one, this is one of the more enlightening things that students get out of my class, is that you can't out-exercise a poor diet. So one of the first things I ask students when they start the class is, what is their, what are their thoughts? Why do people think it's okay to skip the nutrition component, they can find time to be at the gym, they can always find time to work out. But then they finally they suddenly don't have time to properly fuel their bodies. And this is one of the things that people tend to think is that if you exercise, you're good to go. And you don't need to think about the nutrition. And of course, exercise has many, many benefits to your overall health, but it cannot compensate for an unhealthy relationship with food. And no matter what your age is. So some people have this idea, well, in your teens and 20s, you can get away with it. Sure, but it's going to catch up with you much sooner rather than later. So your body does need proper nutrition to function optimally. And relying solely on exercise to offset poor dietary choices is a recipe for frustration and not having a good relationship with food. 
So finding balance between nourishing your body through food and engaging in physical activity is important. Now here's the other myth that comes up or the misconception that comes up. So I get this a lot too, is healthy eating takes a lot of time. Oh, it takes so much time. It's so much faster to get convenience foods. Well, convenience foods aren't always unhealthy foods. If you're talking fast foods, possibly. But here's the thing. Healthy eating does not have to be time consuming. Some people, as I've said, will spend hours at the gym, but then all of a sudden don't have time to prepare nutritious meals. And when I see people spending hours at the gym, I'm talking about I'm in an in, a, in and out in 45, 60 minutes. I go there, get my stuff done and want to be on with my day. And I see people who've been on one, maybe two machines that whole time I'm there, 45 minutes or an hour in two machines because they're resting for five, 10 minutes between their sets. And I'll just let you imagine what they're doing between those sets. So anyway, I go off on a tangent there. But with proper planning, simple recipes, you can create wholesome meals without sacrificing much time. So while I'm not a fan of this, I certainly encourage people to try this, is consider batch cooking or meal prepping on weekends. When I say I'm not a fan, I'm a fan of it for the people who like to do it. I don't. I'm not into that. I do just don't care for it. It's nothing wrong with it. It's just not my personality style. But I do have my meal planned for the whole week. But if it's taken me 15 minutes to cook some salmon in the oven, I could do a whole bunch on the weekend or do chicken and salmon on the weekends if I wanted to. And anyway, it's, you know, 30 minutes tops there. And that would be from preheating the oven to eating it. So Again, I know this is my experience, but look up things. There are quick and nutritious recipes. And investing some time in planning your meals is an investment in your health that can yield long-term benefits. And this is one of the key areas of the Real World Meal Planning course is talking about how it doesn't have to be time-consuming to eat healthy. And the third thing that I hear a lot is that eating healthy is expensive. Oh, healthier food costs so much more. Well, across the board, food does tend to cost a lot, yet it's one of those three things that we have to do throughout our entire life, eating, sleeping, and breathing. We do this from the moment we're born practically until practically the end of our lives just varies based on how you're going to leave this world. But anyway, this is the thing is people have this idea that they have to go to specialty grocery stores to buy healthy food, which is absolutely untrue. I've been to one of these specialty grocery stores once in the last few years. And that is because of two things. One, I had a coupon for some free product that was only sold at one of these specialty grocery stores, and two, it was on my way home. So it, it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to break the bank. And you can find affordable and nutritious foods at your local grocery store or your chain grocery store or your big box store at a much more budget-friendly price point. And I recommend buy seasonal foods or foods that are in season 
And you can look for budget-friendly protein sources, so things like canned beans and canned fish. And I just tell people, be mindful of your shopping and strategic meal planning, and you can nourish your body without busting your budget. Again, this is one of the things I address in the Real World Meal Planning course. So these are some misconceptions that's for anybody fueling your fitness or just fueling your body overall with not considering your fitness routine. These are things that are crucial for building a sustainable and effective approach to eating. So let's address the approach to understanding diet and exercise. So diet and exercise, boy, fitness and the synergy here between diet and physical activity is undeniable. So your diet isn't just about the calories you consume, but consider that it's the fuel that powers your workout. So I say, if you imagine a car without gas, assuming it's a car that still takes gas, you're not going to get far. You just won't. And that same applies to our bodies. And as I've said in prior podcasts, diet and exercise are two sides of the same coin. You cannot have one without the other, even if you don't realize it. If you're not fueling your activities with food, you're not going to get far. Now, I want to address the 80-20 rule and probably isn't what you think it is. This 80-20 rule, many people think of this is the guideline that some people use or have heard that 80% of their food is good or healthy, while the other 20%, it's okay for it to be a so-called bad food or not so healthy food. That's not, that's not that rule I'm talking about here. So for those who are aiming for weight loss or weight management or even switching up their body composition, about 80% of your success here is tied to your diet, what and how much you eat. 80% is your food. Not just what, but how much, the quality of your food. You can exercise and exercise and exercise, and if you don't address your food, or your diet, or your approach to eating, it's pretty much guaranteed there's not going to be much success there, at least not long-term success. So 80% of it is diet, and exercise contributes that remaining 20%. So here's the thing. If someone wants to lose 10 pounds of fat, not 10 pounds of body weight, but 10 pounds of fat, that is a lot of exercise time. And people can also cut back on calorie intake. And I see this a lot. They cut back on calorie intake to an extreme, an extreme that's not sustainable. So I encourage people to consider the combination of exercise and cutting back on some calories, some calories. So I say, consider how easy it is to overconsume food. But it takes even more effort to burn those calories off. And I just want to say this. I get terribly frustrated when I'm in my group nutrition class, not group nutrition, sorry, group fitness class. And people are talking about how they have to burn off that food from last night or they're going out tonight, so they have to burn the calories today. This isn't an earn it type of thing. It's more of acknowledging that the exercise is not punishment or reward. 
or isn't punishment. Food isn't a reward for exercise, but that these things do need to go together. So I say, rather than saying, oh, I have to burn off all that pizza I had last night, I just say, hey, just have one less slice of pizza, unless you really want that extra slice. But it's not to say these two things have to be reward or punishment. And besides, we must fuel our body to function daily. So this isn't just for exercise. It's on average about 60 to 70% of your calorie needs each day. The amount that your body needs to consume is to support your body, your basic body functions from your heartbeat, your ability to breathe, your ability to just get up and move around, even just to go to the bathroom. Fuel for your hair to grow. Thank goodness that doesn't take a lot of fuel. But when people are undernourishing themselves, their hair starts falling out. Their skin is affected. So these are all essential body functions that most of us take for granted. Most of us don't think about. I am breathing right now without thinking about it. My heart is beating right now without thinking about it. And I'm standing up and my body and hands are moving, even though you can't see me. And I'm not really thinking much about it. And then another 10% of our calories that we consume each day is used to digest the food we eat. Now, when I mention this, so about if you eat a hundred or let's say a 250 calorie meal or snack or food, about 25 calories out of that will be used for the metabolism, for your body to do that work. And some people get all excited going, oh, I didn't know eating calories or eating food rather burns calories. I'm going to eat more. That's okay. That doesn't make sense. So if you eat 5,000 calories, 500 is used to burn again on average. 500 is used to metabolize that food. If you eat a thousand calories, a hundred calories is used to metabolize that food. So this doesn't work out in the long run, uh, but people always find a reason to overconsume or eat more, which it's whatever, you know, it's okay to eat more. It's just don't try to justify it with erroneous information, I should say. So if it's 60 to 70% of your calorie needs to support your basic body functions, about 10% used to digest the food you eat, that leaves just 20 to 30% of your calories to fuel exercise. So we do need fuel for our fitness. So I want to address some of this. uh, Another myth here is the idea of exercising in a fasted state. So exercising in a fasted state does not necessarily lead to burning more fat. So if you want to exercise first thing in the morning without eating breakfast, Okay, but don't go out of your way to skip a meal because you want to exercise in a fasted state to burn more fat. Because contrary to popular belief, this isn't better and it's not entirely accurate. So you do want to make the most of your workout, I hope, without dragging or feeling run down. And if you aren't fueled, then it may not be an efficient workout. So if you're exercising in a fasted state and you feel fine, great. 
However, if you have a little bit of something to eat, and I'll get to that in a minute, if you have a little bit of something to eat and you're fueled a little bit better, you may feel better during exercise, may be more efficient or have a better workout, and you'll end up burning more overall calories, which will help you with burning more fat at rest, not just during the workout. So proper fueling enhances your workout. It can lead you to have a more effective calorie burn, including what I call that afterburn or that carryover effect where your body continues to burn calories at a slightly higher rate post-exercise. So if you exercise at a higher intensity, you'll continue to burn calories at a higher rate after you're done. And if you're not able to get that intensity up, that afterburn or that carryover effect won't be as high. So I'll mention this. So if you think of this, if you've ever done any baking or cooking, you take out a baked good out of the oven and you let it sit for 10 minutes. Or if you've cooked meat or a roast, for example, you let it sit for a little bit after you take it off the grill or take it out of the oven or whatever your cooking method is. And you let it rest for a bit. That's that carryover effect. So even though you're still not, you're not still cooking it, there's still cooking happening. So that's what happens when we exercise at a little bit higher intensity. You're going to burn calories at a higher rate even once you're done with your exercise. And if you're not properly fueled, you may be slogging along on the treadmill or barely able to lift the weights that your body really could if it was fueled properly. And you're not going to be efficient with your activity. So consider that. You may not like eating beforehand, but if you if you have dinner the night before and you work out first thing in the morning, that may be enough. But if you're working out at lunchtime or after work or in the afternoon, or maybe even a little bit later in the morning, consider having something to eat about one to two hours beforehand and see how your workout fuel fuels feels. Fueling your workout, it may feel differently and hopefully feel better. So I'm not talking about while you're on your way to the gym to eat something, but like I said, a couple hours before. Now, pre-workout nutrition, important thing here, carbohydrates take the lead. Now, one of the first things I want to say is skip the pre-workout supplement, which is costly, and it's mostly a whole bunch of stimulants, unnecessary, and potentially dangerous because it can increase your heart rate and cause nausea and vomiting. So I have students do a report and presentation on dietary, a specific dietary supplements. And the number of students who want to do a pre-workout because they feel they can't work out without a pre-workout. And then they tell me the stories of the things that they have done, felt, and experienced when taking pre-workout greatly concerns me, yet it's a free country. They're entitled to do what they want to do. I've had students who are 17 where they've had to have their older sister or brother buy their pre-workout for them, so already a red flag right there. Others who said they didn't feel the effects quick enough, so they would take a second dose and then proceeded to throw up. And this is not just caffeine, but it's other stimulants mixed in. Now, I admit, 
I will have coffee before I do my workouts, not right before, but an hour or so before. And that's not even necessary, but just saying, you know, we don't need to have some kind of supplement to get us into workout mode. So here's the thing. To optimize your workout, focus on your pre-exercise nutrition. As I said, ideally consumed about an hour before your se- your session, your workout. And you'll need to find what works best for you. So some people can eat a prior an hour prior to the workout or others may need a bit more. Now, carbohydrates as a nutrient, these rule here. These provide the energy to fuel your muscles. Carbohydrates are the nutrient to fuel your muscles. So glucose is what fuels your muscles. And I want to remind people, this is like one of my second or third episodes. Carbohydrates are a nutrient, not a food group. And they're found in all plant foods and dairy products. So this is fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, And other foods, along with grains, have carbohydrates in them. So let me give you some five examples of a pre-workout snack. So this could be like banana with almond butter. It can be Greek yogurt with berries. It could be oatmeal with some nuts. It can be whole grain toast with avocado. It can be apple slices and a piece of cheese. These all have the carbohydrates we need to fuel the fitness. So it really is what's best for you. My personal go-to always is, and in the past, even when I was running long distances, it's a smoothie with soy milk, frozen fruit, yogurt, and oatmeal. That's what worked for me. That doesn't mean that's going to work for you. Now, post-exercise recovery We want to find the right balance here. So after the workout, body needs carbohydrates and protein for recovery. So this mix of the carbohydrate foods and the protein helps with muscle repair as well as replenishing glycogen stores, which is that stored fuel for your muscles. Glycogen is what the muscles use to store fuel. So glucose from carbohydrates refuels the muscles while the protein helps repair the muscles. And the workout helps, the workout helps with the muscle building. The protein helps repair them. So the general guideline as of right now is a three to four to one carbohydrate to protein ratio. So this means for every three to four grams of carbohydrates, that would be one gram of protein. Now you can go with a protein shake or powder. However, food is preferred as it's got a whole mix of other nutrients the body uses and it costs less. So here are some examples of post-exercise meals or snacks. You can do like a turkey and veggie wrap. You can do a smoothie with fruits and protein powder or Greek yogurt. So my smoothie actually did a double duty there. You can do something like a quinoa salad and grilled chicken. You can do a whole grain bread with tuna or egg salad or even a peanut butter sandwich 
or here's one. I gave you five already, but one more chocolate milk. And yes, that is effective. It's got a nice blend of the protein that we need, casein and whey. It's got carbohydrates. And if we have the chocolate milk, it's got the little bit slightly higher ratio of carbohydrates to make it that three or four to one range there. So what I tell people is if you're not going to go home right after your workout or you can't store your post-exercise meal, that's where something like a peanut butter sandwich, a banana can be in your gym bag or your purse or your bag, as I said, or even in your car. Now, what about mid-workout fueling? So this is only necessary for longer sessions. So workouts lasting 75 minutes or longer, I tell people to consider ingesting carbohydrates and electrolytes. Now, I want to emphasize this. This would be a workout that is 75 minutes or longer continuous. So emphasizing that. So again, picking on the people at the gym. <laughs> where they may be at the gym for two hours, but are they doing exercise continuously? Maybe, maybe not. I'm thinking of like a bike ride or a hike or a run where it's virtually nonstop. It's not where they're stopping and resting. They could still be walking and moving. But anyway, that mid-workout fueling helps with sustainable energy, helps refuel the muscles, and prevents fatigue. And we don't want to go with the high protein foods here because we want a fuel that's super easy to digest for the body right now. So this could be something like energy gels or a sports drink. People complain they're high in sugar, but that's actually the point. Or, you know, having something like an easy, easily digestible snack like pretzels or dried fruit. And even snack-sized candies can work. So if you have leftover candy or, you know, you don't have to have leftover, you can buy it at the store any time of year. But that would even work because that's where you can get a quick shot of sugar or glucose, so to speak. Now, I'll just mention this. I was on a run one time and I, at the six, I was supposed to be out there for 90 minutes at the 60 minute mark. I'm like, eh, I feel good. I don't need to refuel. And about 10 minutes later, boy, I was pay, paying for it. I knew better, but even though I felt good, I was like, nah, I didn't do it. And even though I had something, it was, it was too late. I was tapped out of energy and I had to literally walk. I was ready to have somebody call, call somebody to come pick me up. So I took my fuel source at that 75 minute mark when I really should have done it at 60 minutes and it probably took me another half an hour to get home so it was almost two hours I was out there when I was only supposed to be out for 90 minutes so lesson learned and I just want to say even those of us who know better don't always do it right now the one other thing I want to mention about fueling fitness is that this isn't so much a fuel but the most overlooked nutrient, I shouldn't say most, often overlooked nutrient is water or hydration. It's, boy, it is the most important thing to consider with our fitness. And I just say, let's get a special shout out to <laughs> fluid, water. Staying hydrated is paramount and crucial. It's crucial, but we've got to find balance. 
This is not the case where more is better. More is only sometimes better, but there is such a thing as too much water. So a condition called hyponatremia is caused by low sodium levels. By definition, hyponatremia is low sodium in our blood. And it can occur for various reasons, but it can primarily be from excessive water intake that dilutes the electrolytes in our body. So signs and symptoms can include nausea, headache, confusion, and in severe cases, it can cause seizures. So to avoid it, you want to moderate your water intake and consider electrolyte-rich beverage. So having some electrolytes in your water, adding something like a Gatorade Zero or a Powerade Zero powder or some liquid IV, and I'm not promoting these brands specifically, there's lots of electrolyte powders out there that you can add to your water. Now on the flip side, dehydration is also concerning. So don't stop drinking fluid because you're concerned about hyponatremia. And signs and symptoms include dark urine or even not urinating at all, dizziness, rapid heartbeat, and fatigue. So one of the things I recommend is to know your sweat rate to prevent dehydration and overhydration. So what you can do is weigh yourself naked before and after exercise to see what the weight change is, and it's only going to be fluid changes in that one bout of exercise. And one pound lost equals about 16 fluid ounces of sweat. So rehydrate if you've lost weight but ease up if you've gained weight. Hydration needs vary in individuals, in different conditions, and consider factors like temperature and humidity. And I also want to mention, this is one that people don't always think of, swimming. People don't think of hydration when swimming, but people are still sweating. Don't think about that too much if you're in the pool. They still need to hydrate even though they're in the water. So I want to wrap up with this. Nutrition and fitness are inseparable in your wellness journey. And as a registered dietitian nutritionist, my role is to guide you in optimizing your fueling strategies for a healthier and more efficient fitness routine. So as I often do, I invite you to schedule a 30-minute free 30-minute discovery call where we can talk about how we can work together in helping you fuel in your fitness for a better workout and a healthier body. I also want to mention that the Real World Meal Planning course is not open for enrollment right now, but you can head over to the website, the link is in the show notes, to get information on how to sign up for the wait list so you're notified when it is open again. All right, everyone, I wish you a properly fueled workout this week, and that's real-world nutrition. You all take care, and bye for now.